right off there like that. Um, not sure what that song means. I'm just, uh, I, I like the beat. I like the, uh, um, and there is a point for it all. Um, just, uh, you know, if you feel like raising the roof, clap along, and, and there's this whole idea of happiness and all that stuff. Um, I, I, um, I, I want you to know that I didn't listen to that and then come up with a text. I actually had a text and then I came up with with that after that, but um, to kind of show a point to you, uh, the the text we're going to be looking at, you can you can look at Psalm 128. It actually says this, the first verse of that. It says, "Blessed are those or all, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in His ways." That's how that psalm begins, is in Psalm 128. It blessed are all who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. And if it hasn't caught your attention yet, let me just bring it to you, your attention right now, that the very first word in that text is the word blessed. And uh, now some translations uh, translate that blessed, they, but uh, others translate, obviously this one does, but some translate that as happy, or better yet, full of happiness or full of blessing. And so I decided that I was going to try to see if there was a way to kind of sort out what that might mean this morning as I look at the, the, this psalm here. And so, of course, I went to the Internet and I typed in the word happy. And I, I just, frankly, it wasn't all that helpful. I mean, I, you should try that sometime. Just kind of type in that word and just see if what, what it comes up with. And um, I, what I found was just a, a list of, of several people's ideas of what you can, uh, can do to find happiness in your life, what it does, uh, what you can do to make yourself happy, and, and, and some even, the, you know, what not to do to make yourself happy, and as one article suggests, uh, ways to find, well, actually, there's one article that says there's ways that you can find happiness by doing absolutely nothing. I mean, they were suggesting that just sitting there and you can become happy, um, you know, becoming idle, I guess. Um, one article says that money can make you happy. And then we got another one that says, you know, money can't buy happiness, you know. Um, it, it, it's, uh, I also found this article that is a list of foods that will make you happy. <laughs> There's a lot of foods that make Anybody here have some foods that make them happy? I heard chocolate, yeah. What's your, what, any food? I'm telling you, a big steak, you get me a prime, or not a prime rib, but a uh, ribeye. Oh, yeah, that'll make me happy, I think. Um, there's another article that says that certain foods will actually make you less happy, and it, they get into the scientific, all that stuff, and what's happening in your bodies and all that. I found articles on the psychology of happiness. In fact, one website in, entitled uh, The Ultimate Guide to Happiness stated that everyone wants to be happy, and not only that, but, the most, but that most people want to be happier than they currently are, that we're constantly seeking for something that is more. We're seeking for more, and we are never completely satisfied. But don't despair, because this article says that scientists have come up a way, with a way for everyone to be happy. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever paid any attention. I, I don't, but my homepage on my computer, and I assume that they're all uh, very similar, but my homepage displays a number of headlines, and those he headlines are designed to create you to be envious. They're, they're designed to create envy in you. 
Um, you may not have noticed them, but, but, but they're there. I mean, you got on, on your website, you can go on there and you'll find almost any, you start flipping down through it. There's weight loss secrets and there's tanning secrets or, uh, you know, I, I could go through the list. You've seen them all there, but I like this one here is that, you know, tales, uh, true tales of lottery winners. And of course, it's all, all of these, all these little ads and things, you know, hey, this is what will make you happy. All of them, what they're, what they're trying to do is, is try to entice you to believe that this is really what it takes if you want to be happy. And, and well, I, I really want to get back to Psalm 128 because it says, blessed is this person, the, 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 the full of happiness is, is this person. In fact, here, here's what that word really, really means. It means to have this this life that is worth envying. Doesn't that strike you a little bit as odd that the Bible would talk about a life that was worth being envied? Well, what kind of life is that? That's really what I want to find out. And uh, what, what kind of life is worth somebody else wanting to have that very kind of life? And so I want to take a look at that, Psalm 128. This is actually tied to the previous psalm, Psalm 127, by the word blessed. And that's the way the previous psalm ends. It, it ends in this way. It says, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And then it turns right around, and then, and, and then Psalm 128 says this, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in His ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem and may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Here is this full life of happiness. In fact, that first word, blessed is the person, it's actually plural. It, it, it's a Hebrew way of trying to say, but I, I actually, I don't, I don't know how to say it in plural. You know, how do you say blessed in plural? I mean, a blessed is something like that. I don't know. The idea is it's full. It's, it, it's full of blessing. It's full of life in the person who, who seeks the Lord, who in fact fears the Lord. Blessed is this person who walks in his... Here's the point. The psalmist is trying to help you understand this. Check it out. The awe of God produces a life worth wanting. Everybody say amen. The awe of God produces a life worth wanting. To live in the awe of God is what it takes to have a life that is so worth living in a way that other people would want that. I'll, I'll never forget being in, in Honduras. We talked a little bit about Haiti this morning and stuff, but um, when, I, when several years ago, uh, being down in Honduras and attending a worship gathering where there's a number of, you've probably heard me tell you about this before, but um, just uh, there's these Honduran people and they just started singing and singing these songs and, and, it, and it sort of got just... Um, well, I want to say this in a positive way, but it, 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 it just sort of um, got uh, out of control. <laughs> I, I mean, they just went from one song to another song, and it turned into probably 45 minutes of just contemporary Honduran worship. And 
all of a sudden, I mean, not being able to speak Spanish myself, I, all of a sudden as they're singing through and they're singing through and they're just, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. I'm, I'm seriously, to watch them and the joy that comes out as they're, as they're worshiping and, and, but not hearing anything that, that I even recognize. But all of a sudden, in, all, in that whole time, all of a sudden there's a song and I, I recognize the tune. I didn't mo know most of the songs, but I knew this one, and you know it. In fact, I'm very confident that, almost positive that you've sung this before. I don't know the Spanish words for it, but I do know the English words for it. Do you remember that song? Our God is an Awesome God by Rich Mullins. Our God is, a uh, is, is an Awesome God. Rich Mullins would have been proud because his whole life was... To, to help people try to come to grips with the, the awesomeness of, of God. And, and, and here they were, a bunch of Honduran people, among, uh, along with a few Americans, all singing this song with that one dynamic phrase, our God is an awesome God. And it just, it, it just gives me goosebumps. To, do you remember that? Uh, it just gives me goosebumps when I think about that, because all of a sudden we chimed in, but we were singing English, they were singing Spanish, and it was just amazing. It just was amazing. But that's what, it, it, what makes a life worth living, to understand that we live in the fear of, in, in the fear of, that's the word. It's a good Bible word that's used lots and lots and lots of times, literally dozens and dozens of times in nearly every book of Scripture it talks about it talks about the fear of the Lord. And yes, sometimes that means, it actually means to be afraid. Nothing wrong with that, right? God is, after all, God. And, and frankly, when Israel was lined up around Mount Sinai and God said, don't come any closer to the, than this fence or I'm, I'm going to, you know, they, they were afraid. And, and, and they should have been because God, well, he is, in fact, a terror at times. But the idea behind that word primarily is the idea of standing in absolute, in absolute reverence and awe. It's the, uh, well, I think it's like this. The disciples are in a boat, and Jesus stops the storm. And the disciples ask this really penetrating question, you know, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey his voice. It's the voice of awe. It's, it's like, whoa, did you just see what happened? Who is this guy, right? That kind of awe, that, that, that sense of absolute wonder makes your life and my life worth envying. Because certain things are going uh, are, are to happen. See, if you live in the awe of God, this text tells you that certain things are going to happen. There, there is going to be an obedient walking in His ways. That's what it says in the next verse, actually. We will walk in His ways. It's, it's Psalm chapter 1. We, we don't walk in the way of the world. It's, it, it's Psalm chapter 112. It's uh, Psalm chapter 119, we delight and we see after, seek after the ways of the Lord. And, and that produces, this psalm says, blessings in our life. Uh, it, it's a real simple thing. Just, just look at it in verse number 2. He says, you will eat the fruit of your labor. Here's the second use of the word. 
Blessings and prosperity will be yours. It's, a, it's really a simple, it's a simple principle. When Christian, here it is, when Christian people live in respect for God, when they live in awe of God, when they do their work in the awe of God, everything they do, whether it's pounding nails or suturing uh, wounds or washing cars or whatever it is that their life calls them to do is done as an act of worship before God, their work prospers. Their work prospers. It's a blessing to God. It's, and, and, and He just pours out blessing. He says that our labor matters and our labor pays off. And then, and then He has this illustration. Uh, it's it's uh, the same illustration that he uses in, in chapter one in, in Psalm one twenty seven about our children being like vines around our table. You know we're going to have a quiver full of them, and, and and there's this Jewish sense of prosperity that our life will be everything that God has called for it to be. Now I I want to just pause for a moment because I don't want us to misunderstand. This is not suggesting that your life will never have trouble. But what we have here is the image of God pouring out His blessing on your life because you live in awe of Him. And then there's this really impressive turn in the text that, that gratefully uh, people smarter than I am are able to point out. Because in the English it all looks the same. And it occurs right in verse number 4. And you, like me, probably just read right over that and just you know, didn't know that the psalmist had taken a turn in the road. And so fortunately, there are scholars to help us with that kind of thing. But here's what he says. Thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. You see anything different? Raise your hand if you see anything different. I don't. See anything different? Well, the different, the way it's worded. I don't know. It, it looks the same to me. Except what, 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 what I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. It, this is actually a different word. It's actually a different word for blessed here, is what it was. There are two words actually in this text for blessed. I, you know, each one of them is used twice. and it mean, The first one means that which man can produce for himself by his own human effort. If I work hard, if I labor hard, if I do all that in the fear of the Lord, God will honor that labor, and so I can in some way produce my own blessed life if I do it in the context of the awe of God. But this word, this word that shows up here in verse number 4 and then is repeated again in verse number 5 when he says, May the Lord bless you, is actually a word that is used exclusively of what God does for us that we cannot do for ourselves. There are some blessings that come our way that are purely an act of God's grace. And so the second thing that I want you to see is that grace from God produces a life that is worth keeping. Grace from God produces a life that is worth keeping. See, see it's one thing to live a blessed life because of your, of, of your own effort, you know, because, well, I don't... I don't mean just because it's you. I, I mean it's, it's because you're living in the fear of the Lord. And you're trying to do the things that are right. But your own human effort has a great do, deal to do with whether or not your life really comes out the way that it's supposed to. But there are some things that you cannot do for yourself. And, and the psalmist says that there is a blessing that comes from God that only God himself can give. 
And, and that makes your life worth keeping. Do you hear that in the text here? May you live to see your children's children. He's talking about longevity here. He's talking about a life that is worth living for the long haul. But it's intriguing to me, and, and, and I'm not here to put Powerball down, although I think it's really kind of silly. Your chances of winning Powerball. But you're ten times more likely to die from a bee sting than you are to win the Powerball. And, well, I've been stung several times, and since I haven't died yet, so um, I'm not going to play ball. Powerball, because the odds aren't very good. Um, well, you'll figure that out, right? Kind of get that. I mean, what 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 was interesting in reading this article on the on the true tale of the lottery uh, of, of of lottery winners is how many of these people are actually unhappy. It's the story of a, of of about a dozen people who have won major lottery winnings, and how many? Incidentally, um, Susan Cousin um, won the lottery. Big time. Uh, we wanted to become friends with them, and after that, um, tried to get close with them. They they haven't returned our calls yet. Um, but yeah, it actually happened to her. Her her cousin won. They won millions, and I don't know. They moved, and oh, they're divorced. Yeah, yeah. Which is what? Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, which is which is what this says is that in that in this article that I read that it's 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 how. It's a story of how many of them have been through divorces, how many of them had have every, every relative in the book that, didn't, that they didn't remember wanting money. <laughs> you know? Um, incidentally, it's kind of like one of those things. Um, uh, my, my niece um, is, is married to one of the former Minnesota Viking um, uh, defensive ends. And uh, um, so we tried to get close to them too. But, um, but anyway... Um, it, but it's just one of those things that happen is that, that how, how, um, it's interesting as you read those articles and, and, and people are expressing, well, how it didn't really actually do for them what they thought it was going to do. But it's an intriguing thing that there are some things that this world cannot provide that only God can provide. And so he says the blessed life comes from, you hear it? May the Lord bless you from Zion. These blessings come only from the presence of the Lord. That's, that's really what Zion is. Uh, Zion is a word that tells you. This is, it, it tells you this is Jerusalem. And Jerusalem, this is, it, it's the place of God's presence. This is where we're going. We're on this journey from the wilderness to Jerusalem because we know at Jerusalem we will find ourselves in the very presence of God and from God's place, from His presence, He begins to pour out His blessings, blessings that you just cannot get on your own. By the way, Galatians chapter 6 says that the church is the Israel of God. And that those blessings that God pours out on Zion to Israel, He pours out on the church today. He wants to grace our lives. That's really an amazing thing that happens in this text because this is, is considered to have been written after Israel had been in exile to Babylon for, for nearly 150 years. And, and prior to that, Israel had been kind of naive. I mean, in, in spite of their unfaithfulness to God, they thought that everything was going to be okay. Why? Because they were Israel. They were the privileged. 
And now they realize that God does, in fact, keep His promises to bless His people, but He also keeps His promises that if, they, if we are not faithful and obedient people, He's not going to bless us. And now they're journeying from the days of Nehemiah, post-Babylonian captivity, smaller nation, lesser people, smaller temple, on the way still to, to God's presence with a new sense of reality that God himself must be the center of our life. H.H. H. Farmer, I love this quote, in writing about this text says, when you go against the grain of the universe, you're going to get splinters. <laughs> I like that. And Israel had learned that. That when they went against God, life did not turn out the way that it was supposed to. But when they found their blessing from God, that they, then their life was worth having, their life was worth keeping. This ultimate blessed life, the kind of life that God wants to give His people, is the kind of life that is wrapped up in a phrase like this, peace be upon Israel. Now, incidentally, not the absence of war. Peace. Not the, not the absence of war. That's not what shalom means. Shalom actually means the presence of God's fullness. That's the wish. That's the prayer of the psalmist. It is may God fill Israel with his ultimate presence. May he give us a sense of... That, that, that He is with us no matter what our circumstances are. It, it's just intriguing to me that this text starts out with this phrase, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, as if He's taking a collection, take, or talking to a collection of individuals. But He ends up with this prayer, Peace be upon Israel, the, the, the nation. Because... As a matter of fact, that's really the way that it has to be, is the recognition that, that I, as an individual, stand before God in, in, near of, in need of, uh, of fearing Him, of being in awe of Him, but is, it is never enough for my life alone to be blessed, to be a blessed life. I'm a part of a community of faith in which I desire for all of God's full, fullness, not just the to be poured out on me, but to be poured out on all of the people of God. All of His people. That is my greatest desire, is not for my personal happiness, that my greatest desire is, well, Jesus said it this way, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's that sense that, that, that God will have His way in this world. That will be a life of blessing. Well, I think the point of this psalm is really, really very simple. So I'll hurry up and get to it. God wants your life to be full of happiness. I don't mean happiness in the sense of elation. I don't mean it in the generic sense of what we typically think of happiness. Happiness for most Americans is based upon our context. It's based upon our circumstances. It's based upon whether or not your life is turning out the way that, 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 that we think that it's supposed to. 
This is a kind of happiness that comes from God. It's his fullness. It's his peace. It's his presence in us. And he says, I want your life to be full. In fact, if, if you will, if you will live in awe of me, he says, I will bless the things that you can do for yourself. I'll honor that and I'll give you the blessed life. But I'll do more than that. I'll give you the things that you can't do for yourself and I'll bless your life through grace. See, the psalmist lives in a real world where he understands that there are some things that we can do for ourselves and that, 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 that we need to do for ourselves. We need to get up in the morning. We need to go to work. We, we need to live out our, our life in a faithful way before God that, that, that just simply honors who He is and respects who He is and, and does the thing that is right. But there are some things that you can never do for yourself. You can work as hard as you want and you can as long as you want and you will never achieve God's presence because that's an act of grace. And God wants you and I to have both. He wants you to have a full life, the, the kind that you can get and the kind that He can give. And you know how He gave it, right? He sent His Son so that you could have His presence with Him, so he could, His presence would be with you forever. And so Jesus says, My peace be with you, my fullness be with you. So I think the question comes to us, do we have room for him? Have, we, have you filled your, your life so full of, of the stuff and all the, all the advertisements uh, and, and, and all of what that's about that you don't have room for him? That's the question that we have to deal with. See, every one of us will one day stand before God. Every one of us. And the question is, will you be Ready. Will your life be full? And that's what our whole purpose of being here. That's what new life is all about because we want your life to be full. We want God's blessings for you. He can give you. He can give me. He can give us. He can give those around us, our, our neighbors and our friends and, and the people that we mix with each and every day. He can give us what nobody else can. He can give us His fullness. He can give us His grace. He can give us His presence. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for what You do for us. And I, I, I think it's such a, a stark contrast when we look at this catchy tune that we watched. We started our ser sermon out with today. And, and I think that it's so hard for us not to think about what we want and what we expect in this life. And um, certainly your blessings and what many of us as Americans think about in terms of happiness. Hard to believe, but it's two different things. Or may at times be, maybe two different things. My prayer, God, is for us as we leave this place and, and always that we would always seek the things of God, that we would always stand in awe of you, that we would look as we started our service off just announcing and singing and praising you for is that our God is this great and amazing God that deserves our honor, deserves our obedience, deserves our faithfulness. 
because you have sacrificed yourself and made a plan for us to be in your very presence. And so that for that, we're thankful. And God, I just pray that you'd help us to leave this place and live in such a way this week, being reminded of what you've done for us, but live in such a way that our, our lives just echo out that sentiment that we are so thankful to you and that we are blessed in the way that we live because you have made that possible. And I pray this in Jesus' name.